Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. And today I wanted to come to you with a topic that is very, very personal, very raw. And I just, I have a sense that I need to share a little bit of my journey because it's not just for me. I feel that what I am walking through and what I have been walking through, I have confidence that many other people can relate. And so I'm hoping that just by being real, that I open a door and that conversations can flow from this. So whether you reach out to me or whether you reach out to someone else um, that you know well and you feel um, understand your journey and is safe, someone who is domestic violence informed, someone who is trauma informed, we really just need people to listen. We don't need people to try to fix or solve our problems. Most of us truly just need compassionate empathetic, caring friends. Yes, we, we do have a time and a place where we, you know, reach out to a counselor and that is the goal is to have them guide us. But most of the time we really just need people to sit, hold space and just tell us that they care and tell us that they see us and they believe us. So I'm going to start with a quote today because this is kind of the the theme that I want to um, focus on today. This quote is from a meme that I found, and I don't even know if I can see this person's name. Nakia Homer is the one that whose name is on this meme. So whether or not that person is the original um, creator of this quote, I do not know. But here's the quote. You are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There is a difference. I'm going to read that again. You are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There is a difference. So I wanted to just share a little bit about my story and how the word lazy uh, became a catalyst. It really became a catalyst for me my eyes were opened when that word was used against me. um, My eyes were opened to see just how abusive a specific relationship was. And that's what it took for me to make a change and to say enough is enough. So I will share more in detail some of my story at some point. But where everything kind of came to a head for me was early, early in 2016. So this was about five years ago. I had um, just been diagnosed with a really crazy, scary, mystery virus that I picked up on a mission trip. And doctors were not helping me. I honestly did not know if I would survive it. I didn't know if I would live or die. It took um, everything out of me. It messed up my neurological functions. I, I was having difficulty thinking straight. And remembering things, I had a lot of brain fog. I had incredible amounts of joint pain. And I was fatigued to the point of a good day was being able to get up and go to the bathroom, take a shower, and maybe make a meal. That was a good day. But the rest of the time, I was pretty much um, couch-bound. So um, during this time, 
someone stood over me and said to me, you are lazy and this is all in your head. And that is actually what caused something inside me to snap and say, I'm done. I'm done. This relationship is not good for me. This relationship is destroying me. And in my point of need where I needed this person to be there for me and this person to care for me, that is what I got. And so that is honestly what snapped me to reality just to see how uh, unhealthy, how toxic, how abusive that relationship was. And that is where a lot of changes came for me. To this day, five years later, uh, lazy is still, can be a very much a trigger word. So I was walking through some things recently and even though the words were not used, there was kind of an implied, um, or at least I felt that there was an implication that I was lazy, that I was not doing enough and Someone also spoke over me that I was weak. And all of that combined with a lot of other really difficult things that are happening um, that I can't even share about. Things that were happening to people that I love. um, Walking with people through trauma. um, Three weeks ago getting the news that my, my dog has leukemia. So it's been about three months of just one really hard hit after another. And I went into this um, this place again where I was feeling like the whole world believes that I'm lazy. Another thing that has been really hard, and I want to speak to all of the stay-at-home mamas out there. I've heard this from many of you, that you are not appreciated in the role as a stay-at-home mom. And I want to speak over stay-at-home mothers right now. Um, There are a lot of women that have to work. There are a lot of women that choose to work outside of their homes. And whatever you are called to, whatever you have to do, that is between you and God. But I also want to say to the stay-at-home moms, there is no way that anyone could ever repay you for what you do (laughs) financially. They could not compensate you. You are a mother, which is a job that is unlike any other. You are running a household. You are a chef. You are a shopper. You are a chauffeur. You are a, a lot of you are homeschooling. So you are the teacher and the principal and the tutor. Um, the laundress, <laughs> the, um, the part-time therapist, like if you were to list all the different things that mamas do, plus many of you don't even sleep through the night because you're taking care of young children and so you are sleep deprived, there is not a way to put a monetary value on what a stay-at-home mother does. I am not in any way taking away from mothers that work outside of their home and then do all those things on top of. I'm not taking that away from you at all. But so often moms who stay home are told that they don't work, that they don't have a real job, and that they are not valuable. And I want to be the first person to speak over you to say that what you're doing is priceless and that there is no price point that could be put on what you're doing 24-7 for your children and if you're still with your husband. Um, So I want to honor and give um, just esteem and appreciation today for stay-at-home mamas 
you may not feel like you do anything in a day, but if you are keeping those kids alive and you are feeding them and you are keeping them somewhat clean, that's a huge job in and of itself. And I remember when I was in the throes of motherhood and going through tremendous amounts of trauma, I did not know. I did not know that I was experiencing complex PTSD. The person that was speaking to me did not acknowledge that I had complex PTSD. But I just said to her, um, I just feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm failing as a mom. And she said to me, did you keep the kids alive today? Yep. Did you keep them safe? Yep. Did you feed them? Yep. Are they happy? Yep. Are they hungry? Nope. Okay, then you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it. <laughs> so um, the one thing I would say to especially younger stay-at-home mamas, if you're choosing to stay at home, I would encourage you to find an income stream or two or three that you can do from home. So many women are very stuck in abusive relationships because they have chosen to be stay-at-home moms. They do not have a college degree or a resume or they have let... Um, their credentials or their licensing drop because they've chosen to be at home. I would just say to you, find ways that you can earn income from home so that at the very least, you're contributing financially and you can feel really good about that. But at the very most, so that you always know that you can stand on your own two feet. So I celebrate, I applaud stay-at-home momming. I do. And I encourage you to find ways to earn income from home so that if ever a tragedy strikes, if ever you um, discover or realize that you're in an abusive relationship and you do not want to remain in that abusive relationship, you have some options. So that's the only thing that I would have changed. I would have learned how to you know, earn more income from home um, at an earlier, younger age. So I just wanted to speak to those mamas and say to you, all of you, wherever you are today, you are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There's a difference. Did you know that your body, your body knows if you are being mistreated? Your body knows if you're absorbing abusive words. Your body knows and keeps the score for all the things that you're experiencing in your mind and in your in your memories and your sleep you are taking care of all the things that are external that you can see but you're also taking care of a lot of internal things that you you don't even know you're processing so um here's another meme and this one does not actually have a person that i can give credit to, but it says, you have permission to rest. You're not responsible for fixing everything that is broken. You do not have to try and make everyone happy. For now, take time for you. It's time to replenish. And this particular meme actually has someone holding a mug, a cup. And I will take you back to the analogy that you cannot pour from an empty cup. You must have something in your cup before you can pour it out to other people. And please go back and listen to my healthy habits. And self-care is not selfish. Um, I have a lot of information about that in our Held and Healed group as well. This one comes from a source that is, it says, I am brilliant. When your bones are tired of carrying everyone else's problems, and when your lungs are tired of breathing life into other people, return back home to yourself for a while. Shift your energy back inwards and reunite with peace again. 
Let me read that again. When your bones are tired of carrying everyone else's problems, and when your lungs are tired of breathing life into other people, return back home to yourself for a while. Shift your energy back inwards, reunite with peace again. So I love the first parts of that. The second part, some people may have a little bit of issue. It may sound a little bit new agey, but I'm not, I'm not reading that as new agey. I'm just return, I'm just reading that as take care of you. Take care of yourself. And if you want to say shift your energy back to Christ, reunite with his peace again, if that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, then by all means, rewrite that a little bit. But when it's describing bones that are tired and lungs, lungs that are tired because you're just constantly breathing into other people and you're forgetting to breathe into yourself. Again, the oxygen mask. You must, 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 must put your oxygen mask on before you try to help somebody else put theirs on. And then this quote comes from my own heart. Healing takes time. Give yourself grace and space to heal. So I want to talk a little bit about grieving today um, because this is all part of what exhausts us. Um, If someone leaves us in the physical realm and dies physically, we have heard it said over and over again, do not put a timetable on grief that the loss of a human being physically will come back to us time and time again, will hurt us probably until the day that we ourselves die in some capacity. Maybe it will not feel like it did the moment that person passed. Maybe it will not feel like it did the week that that person passed. Maybe it will not completely cripple or paralyze us, but grief is a lifelong process. Grief hurts And we can be sailing along, doing just fine, and then out of nowhere, a memory, a song, a smell, something will trigger a memory of someone that we've lost, and we'll be right back at that place again. The same is true of grieving the living. I did do a podcast previously called Grieving the Living, and if you want to hear more about what that looks like and how that affects us, please go back and and check that out. But I just want to remind us that grieving the living is just as brutal in most ways as grieving someone who physically died. And a lot of what I have been experiencing over the last several months has been grieving the living. So when I found out three weeks ago, is it almost four weeks ago? Yeah. I think it's almost four weeks ago that my sweet dog and she she got up and barked just as I said that as if on cue Charlie Charlie it's okay <laughs> she's she's just gonna do what she's gonna do come here, come here. sorry about this um when I found out that she had leukemia it it really affected me deeply and as I was explaining to some friends yesterday, it, it wasn't just about the dog. It is so much more. It is so much more. She has been with me, both of my dogs have been with me through some of the darkest, most painful, brutal, sorrowful years of my life. They have been right here. When people walked out, when people left me, 
when people decided they didn't want to be bothered by me, whether it was my illness or my divorce or my trauma from those things, these dogs were right there beside me, literally licking my tears, checking on me when I was on the floor, weeping and unable to get up off the floor. Uh, These dogs were there. And so the thought of losing one or losing both of them, it, it hit me. It hit me hard. The other thing that really hit me is that when we chose to have dogs as pets, we were a family of five. And now all these decisions and all these responsibilities and the expenses and the care and the being up all night and the cleaning up messes, all that falls on me, one person. So there was so much that hit me so hard and I went into my, I don't know what I want to call this. I just went into my cocoon, I guess, and I shut down. And partly because I'm exhausted from the lack of sleep, um, partly because I'm exhausted from crying and crying and ugly crying and the headaches and, you know, crying is exhausting. And I just found ways to take care of myself, do the things I had to do to keep, you know, everything running and make sure they were cared for and fed and cleaned up after making sure that I was eating but basically everything else I was able to just set aside and then those voices were coming at me that I was lazy and that I wasn't doing enough and that I was letting this person down or I was letting that person down but I just want to speak to anyone who is grieving that grieving is a really It's almost like it's a full-time job and it's okay. It's okay to give yourself space and grace to heal. And I am choosing to not beat myself up. Yes, I do need to get up and do certain things every day. I do need to take care of myself. I do need to take care of bills. I do need to take care of, you know, um, commitments, responsibilities. I need to check in with my children. But everything else could just kind of wait while I am in this place of grieving. So um, I have my dog for now. I am grateful for every day that we have together. It does not appear that she is in pain. So I just pray for wisdom to know when that time comes so that I will know what I need to do for her. But the grieving that I have gone through in the last month has been intense and exhausting and I just want to encourage you, whether it's a relationship or whether it's a dream or an ideal or a pet, whatever it is that you're grieving today, um, be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Think about anybody that you know and love. If she were to come to you and express what she was feeling, how would you respond to her? If your best friend came to you and she was tore up because of a relationship that she was grieving. Would you respond in kindness and compassion? Then do that for yourself. Please do not say to yourself or to somebody else, get over it. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Pull up your big girl panties. Don't say that. To someone who's in crisis, to someone who is experiencing trauma, to someone who's grieving, 
come beside yourself and others and say, I see you. I hear you. I am so sorry that you're hurting. Here's something I would like to do to help you today. Instead of saying, oh, how can I help you? Or let me know. I do this. I still do this. I know better. Say, you know what? I'd like to bring you a meal. Is Tuesday or Thursday better? (laughs) And get very, very specific with people. I'd like to give you a break and babysit the kids for a couple hours so that you can do whatever you want. If you want to take a nap, if you want to take a bubble bath, if you want to go shopping by yourself, is Friday night or Saturday night better for you? I see you and I know that you're weary. I see you and I know that you're sad. I see you and I know that you're grieving. I would like to do dot, dot, dot to bless you today. And... I just thank God and thank the caring people. Uh, one friend, you know, offered to help me with vet bills. Actually, three. Three people offered to help me with vet bills. Um, neighbor shoveled yesterday in a snowstorm, shoveled my walkway, my driveway, my porch, and even a very big area for my dogs to go out and go to the bathroom. I don't even think they know what I'm experiencing and what I'm going through. But that was such a tremendous act of kindness that blessed my heart. Um, Friends. I had three different friends that I was going to um, spend time with this week in person. But because of weather and because of other issues, all of our plans got canceled. But what I have asked is, can we please, can we please talk on the phone? Because I still need that connection with you. I still need to hear your voice. Even if we can't get together face to face. Uh, Let's let's do a phone call and let's at least catch up. So um, I'm grateful for my village. I'm grateful for my people. And um, just want to say this again. You are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There is a difference. Ladies, if you have not already joined us, at Held and Healed, please um, feel free to join us. It's for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. It's also for women who want to help other women who are rebuilding. So maybe you have a sister or a best friend or a coworker who you know is going through some really rough things and you just don't know how. You just don't even know how to support her. If you really, really want to be a true helper, and help and not further harm and learn the things to say that bless her heart versus the things that may crush her heart. Held and Healed is a great place to come hang out. I had someone join just this morning and already she's messaged me and said, oh my gosh, there's so many books that I've read that I had no idea how harmful they were. That's part of what we do in that group is we are there to come against toxic teachings and mindsets, especially within the faith community. Things that we have been taught and we believe were from God's word, but had nothing to do with God's word, had nothing to do with his heart, had nothing to do with his character. And his word was actually used as a weapon to beat up and further harm people who have already suffered immense amounts of pain. And so in this group, we talk about The things that help, the things that hurt. The books that we say, please don't read this. Please don't give this book to anybody. If you have money, go to the thrift stores, buy these books, and throw them away. (laughs) That's one of my dreams one day, is to be able to go to thrift stores, buy these books, and destroy them. Because they are 
destructive and they're full of abuse. And I don't want my sisters in Christ to believe any longer that those things are from the heart of God. We also have a summit coming up, March 25 through 26, and that will be an incredible opportunity to learn. We're going to address abuse within faith communities by sharing stories of survivors, by sharing statistics of the realities of abuse, and then giving solutions for how, practical ways for how to address abuse within faith communities. So I will drop that link in the show notes as well. And registration is open. I only went up $10 from the early bird registration. So it's a great price point, 12 hours of content from some of the most amazing authors, advocates, speakers, survivors that I know. And then you will have a vault with access to those videos after the the summit so that you can go back and listen to them and learn from them over and over again. So ladies, join us at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. Check out the link for the summit. Um, I'm also offering group coaching, so just check the link of my website. That is heatherelizabeth.org to see which of the latest um, coaching dates are available. And we will just continue to grow and to learn and to heal together. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Please share this with anyone you know who maybe is feeling that they are lazy or stuck or unmotivated, but you know that they're actually just exhausted. So share this with anybody that you think would be encouraged by this message today. And anyone that maybe is grieving the living or grieving a physical loss that would be encouraged with the words that you're not alone. We see you. We love you. And we're here to walk this road with you. And my prayer is that you will feel held even as you're being healed. Thank you so much.